0: This morning's scripture text is found in Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 to 17. When they had approached Jerusalem and had come to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you will say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to your daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had instructed them and brought the donkey and the colt and laid their coats on them. And he sat on the coats. Most of the crowd spread their coats in the road and others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them in the road. The crowds going ahead of him and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When he had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all those who were buying and selling in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling the doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a robber's den. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple and healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he had done, and the children who were shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they became indignant. And he said to them, Do you hear what these children are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read... Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have prepared praise for yourself. And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany and spent the night there.
1: And now, Father, as we long to see Jesus riding on a donkey... Fulfilling prophecy, declaring himself to be king, would you work through your word now and by your spirit and give us eyes to see, Father? Help us, O Christ, to speak faithfully this word. Holy Spirit, grant that we would know him as he's revealed here. I pray for those in the room right now for whom he is not king of their lives that before we are done here they would have laid down the arms of treason and rebellion and come over to the other side and sworn fealty to King Jesus that they might be saved. That your light shine, that your grace fall, that your love come over us, that we might be saved. King Jesus, I pray. Amen. What I want to do this morning is to uh, walk you through this text in a way that will help you hear Jesus' own declaration of kingship. I want you to hear Jesus say, I am king. I want him, through me, through this text, to speak into your life, I am king. And I want to do it in such a way that you hear the difference between the kingship The nature of his kingship now as it is different from the nature of his kingship when he comes again. And the reason I want you to hear the difference between the kingship he's commending in this text to us now... And what it will be like when he comes again is because the nature of it now as it's presented in this text creates a season of salvation in world history. A brief season of salvation. And I call it brief, though it's been 2,000 years. I call it brief because compared to how long we will spend in heaven or hell, it is brief. And there's no mathematical exaggeration in that statement at all. It is an understatement to say 2,000 years of a window of salvation is brief compared to eternity. And so I want you to hear the I am king this morning spoken differently. Then it will be spoken on that day. So that you feel a trembling sense of thanks that you're still breathing and can lay down the arms of rebellion. Ask for amnesty at your treason. You know the word amnesty? Comes from two Greek words. Ah, Mantano, not remember. He will remember our treason no more. So you may walk in here this morning an absolute rebel against the kingship of Jesus in your life and walk out of here as if the Lord had always known you as a faithful subject because of amnesty that Jesus bought on Friday coming. But now I want you to feel the difference between these two comings and the two kingships and the nature of them and how different they are by reading for you. You don't need to look it up. You just listen. A picture of the final declaration of his kingship. Very different from the donkey ride in this text. This comes from the last book of the Bible. You just listen. John saw this. And I saw heaven opened. And behold, a white horse, not a donkey. A white horse. He who sat on it is called faithful and true. True. And in righteousness, he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire. And on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies, which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath. Of God the Almighty, and on his robe and on his thigh is a name, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And you don't want to meet him as a rebel. And at that moment nobody will be able to switch sides. So please, I spoke it loudly. I spoke it fiercely. I don't think I came close to speaking it as it needs to be spoken. But that's not today. It's not today. And we're so fortunate that one more hour, perhaps, we see Matthew 21. So please... Hear Jesus declare His kingship this morning differently than that. Creating a season of salvation. Paul called it, now is an acceptable time. Now is a day of salvation. Hear that this morning. There are four ways that He declares His kingship in this text. And I want to point you to them. In every one of these, he portrays himself to be the Jewish king, king of the Jews, king of Israel, king of the daughter of Zion. And in every one of these four, he declares himself to be not a tribal king, not a provincial king, but the king of the nations and the king of the universe And it is remarkable how he mingles these in the way he does it. So let's look at them one at a time. You listen for how Jesus himself declares himself to be king of the Jews and king of the nations and offers himself to you this morning. I will be your king if you will lay down the arms of rebellion, accept my blood-bought amnesty, And switch sides and swear allegiance to me, King Jesus. You can do that this morning. There's time. I hope. Number one. In verses 1 to 5, it says in verse 2 that he asked two of his disciples to go get a donkey. Go into a village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied there. And a colt with her, untie them, bring them to me. Now, why is he doing this? He's never done this before. He's never entered a city riding on a donkey. He's never commissioned any of his disciples to go get a donkey. Why is he doing this? This is very intentional. Don't miss the intentionality of this. Matthew didn't just jump on an event and say, Ah, let's put a meaning on this. This is intentional. What is he doing? And Matthew, the inspired spokesman, leaves us with no doubt. We could have figured it out by reading the prophet Zechariah, but he didn't leave it for us to figure out. Mark did, but Matthew didn't. Verses 4 and 5. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet, namely Zechariah chapter 9. Verse 9. Say to the daughter of Zion, that is, say to Israel, Behold, your king is coming to you. And then these precious words that are still true today, Gentle, mounted on a donkey, Even a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. So he's acting out prophecy. Prophecy. Jesus is acting out prophecy. He's saying, it's here. Zechariah 9, 9 is here. And I am that king. And I am meek and lowly in heart. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am meek and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. You won't be slain by a sword. Come to me. My arms are wide this morning. There is still an acceptable time and a day of salvation. That's the point of the donkey. Not a white horse, not a sword, and not a rod of iron, but an invitation Meek, lowly, ready, forgiving, receptive, forgetting sin, dying for sinners a few days later. But is he only the king of the Jews, daughter of Zion? What about us? There aren't many Jews in this room. Listen to the context of Zechariah 9.9 by reading just one more verse. I'll read it to you. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just, endowed with salvation, humble, mounted on a donkey, even a colt the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem, and the bow of war will be cut off, and he will speak peace to the nations. And his dominion, that is his kingship, will be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. That's the context of Zechariah 9.9. So when this donkey rides into Jerusalem and he says, daughter of Zion, I'm here, I'm yours, the next verse, and he knew it and they knew it was, and I speak peace. To the nations. This is the gospel. Matthew's is the gospel that ends on the note. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go make disciples of what? Tell me. All nations. There's no accent here. Matthew knows what he's doing. Matthew's got it. So number one, he declares his kingship by intentionally riding on a donkey to fulfill Zechariah 9, 9 and 10. Number two. In verses 12 and 13, he acts out another Old Testament text. It says, verse 12, He entered the temple and drove out all those who were buying and selling in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. Don't think this meek, gentle, lowly, donkey-riding king has no passion for his father's glory. Don't 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 take advantage of this Christ. Don't presume upon a wimpy Christ. I would have loved to have seen both events. I would have loved to have seen his face as the children were waving their palms, and I would have loved to have seen his face in the temple. We have a great Christ. A great king. He's everything. He's everything. He's every emotion in its proper proportion. Now, this text, my house will be called a house of prayer. Verse 13. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. You're making it a robber's den. That comes from Isaiah 56, 7. And what's so remarkable about this context, verses one to seven of of Isaiah 56, is that it's all about the coming kingdom, and it's all about a global kingdom. You read verses six to eight. In the middle of which comes this text, which he was acting out, fulfilling. It says in Isaiah 56:6, "Also the foreigners." Pick a group of people you don't like. Okay? Also the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, even those I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. My house will be called a house of prayer for all the peoples. The Lord God who gathers the dispersed of Israel declares, Yet others I will gather to them, to those already gathered. Tanzania, Saudi Arabia, Afghanistan, Pakistan, you name it. He's going to gather His people into one house, one people, and they will pray. So here's His second declaration. I am King. I fulfill Isaiah 56.7. I walk into this temple. My Father's house is here. I'm the Messiah. I'm the King. And it is His house. And it is a house for the nations. And what we do in this house is not make money. We pray. That is, the most precious thing in the world is access to my Father. I came into the world as King of the Universe to give you access to my Father. Not to make money. I didn't come to prosper your business. I don't care about your business, whether it prospers or not. If it prospers, I make it prosper. Let it prosper for me. If you go bankrupt, trust me, i got purposes for you in it. I came to give you something absolutely lasting. Know my Father. Pray to my Father. Love my Father. Enjoy my Father. And do your work. Prospering or not to my Father's glory. That's number two. Number three. In verse fourteen, we're looking at four ways Jesus declares His kingship. First, by riding on a donkey, fulfilling prophecy. Second, by declaring His Father's house to be a house of prayer, fulfilling prophecy. Number three, verse 14, it says, And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Very simple statement. Now here's, picture this. This is the most public place in Jerusalem. This man is not undercover anymore. You get what's going on here? Jesus was always saying to his disciples, don't tell them who I am. Don't tell anybody you got healed. Why was he doing that? Because my hour is not yet come. If I prematurely get attention in the wrong way, they'll try to make me king in the second way. And I've got another kingship to offer, and I will offer it when I'm sure they'll kill me. Not before. This is a suicide mission here. But in he's not going to blow himself up to kill others. He's going to blow himself up to save others. Nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down. I put myself on the cross. That's what's going on here in this text. I'm on my way to Calvary, and I'm going public with who I am now in the middle of the most vicious city, the blood of all the prophets. And I'm one of them, the prophet, like Moses, and I'm coming down that you might rise. What did it mean that he gave sight to the blind And that he healed the lame. What was he saying? These are not people with sore throats. (laughs) These are not people with headaches. These are people who cannot see and walk. They're paralyzed. And he touches them and they see. He touches them and they walk. We're talking a major disturbance in Jerusalem. Everybody running. My mom is seeing. My son is walking. And this is major upheaval in the middle of Jerusalem. What did that mean? Well, Matthew more clearly than any other gospel has already made it plain to us with John the Baptist. remember? Chapter 11. John the Baptist in jail now. He hears about Jesus. He sends word. Are you the one who is to come? Are you the king? Are you the Messiah? You remember what Jesus sent back to him? I'll read it to you. This is Matthew eleven four. 4. Go report to John. In answer to his question, are you the one? Go report to John. What you hear and see, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk. That's the meaning. The one who is to come has come. The king is here. And notice something else about his kingship here. We have a president, right? Bush, President Bush. We don't have a king. So some of this is a little bit bit foreign to us, but... There are kings in the world. And when I think king of kings, I think king over presidents, vice presidents, premiers, kings. He's the king over all the presidents. Now, when I think president, now what can George Bush do for me? Well, he's, I think, doing a pretty good job with security and protection. That's what he ought to be doing. He's the commander-in-chief. He's got a... Wheel the sword according to Romans 13 appropriately to protect a people and and it seems like it's going well. I, I hope he's level headed and reasonable and thinks through all the options in front of him carefully. But you know what? The best he could do for me is keep me safe and sick. I'd get sick and die in a safe America. Right? He can't make me see. He can't make me walk when I'm lame. I don't want that kind of king. I want a real king. I want a king of nature. I want not just king over politics and king over military might. I want a king over molecules and atoms. That's the kind of king I want. Keith, I'm looking at you. My blind brother over here, he knows. Someday, Keith, someday, maybe in this life, but for sure, for sure, King Jesus is going to touch your eyes, brother. And you'll look on him, he'll be the first one you see. That's the kind of king he is. He's a global, universal king, king of the universe, king over eyes, king over legs. No president, no king on earth is that kind of king. That's number three. Last one. We got the children here in verse nine. Um, Jesus declares his kingship by the way he responds to what the children and the crowds are doing, the way he responds. Now, this is a response issue. He doesn't take the initiative here, except that he set it all in motion. Um, the, the priests and the, and the scribes have really been out of shape about this event. They, they are not happy what's going on here. And uh, the children just, that's just too much. Verse 9. Hosanna. This is the crowds. Hosanna, verse 9. We'll get to the children in verse 15. Hosanna, that means salvation to the son of David. That's the hope for king. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now the children, verse 15. Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. And these priests say... Verse 16, you hear what these children are saying? Now, the implication there is, you better quickly defuse this enthusiasm about you. Otherwise, you're going to be guilty of blasphemy. So what do you say? Now, they could be asking the same question about, what about those cloaks? Didn't you see them throwing cloaks in front of you? Do you know what that means according to 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 13? That means they're treating you as a king. You're going to get the Romans on us, and besides, you're not. And so this is a big hoax. You're g- this is blasphemy. Do you realize what everybody's hollering and these little children? Come on, settle this down. That's what they're saying to him. Now how does he respond to this? The way he responds to this is absolutely stunning. You couldn't have poured more oil on this fire than he pours. This is the last straw. He answers it with one word and then a Bible quote. Do you hear what they're saying? Greek, nai. yes. nai means yes in Greek. Yes. Pause. And then do you know what he quotes? He quotes Psalm 8. How majestic is thy name in all the earth. Out of the mouth of babes. You have appointed praise. That's God. That's God. Talking about God. They're not dumb. The last straw is, I'll quote some more scripture for you, and I will take God's word. Apply to children about the praise of children to God and apply it to me. And he's dead. He's dead. For you. So I'm, I'm finished. Except to try to wrap it up. There is coming a day when he will come again as king. Not on a donkey but on a white war horse. And his hands will not be empty and outstretched. And the blood on his hands will not be his own blood. The garment dipped in blood will be the blood dragging through the blood of his enemies. The second coming is the end of the day of salvation. The second coming is the end of the day of patience. The second coming is the end of the day of tolerance. And now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Don't risk meeting King Jesus on the white horse, having rejected him on the donkey. And the way to switch sides is like this. So if you find yourself right now on the wrong side of the war. And king in your life is money or food or success or looks or family or job or health or fame. What rules you right now more than Jesus? What governs your affections and your choices day by day, hour by hour, more than Jesus governs them? That's your king. And so the way you, you come over... Is that you hear him saying, I'm your king, I'm on a donkey, I'm on my way to die for you. I will shed my blood that your sins might be forgiven and your treason might be forgotten. I hold out amnesty for you. Anyone who comes, I will receive and forgive and declare you righteous with my own righteousness that I'm working out here on this very Palm Sunday. And fold you into my redeemed people and you will live forever with me ever-increasing joy. It's just faith. By faith, you forsake. By faith, you receive Him. Just receive the King's blessing now. May King Jesus bless you. May He make His face to shine upon you. May He lift up His countenance upon you. And give you peace with all the nations and all the people said, Amen. Have a glorious Passion Week with Him.